Hey. Oh, hi. Hello. Fancy seeing you there. Mm. Oh, I what are you? Uh, what are you doing here? In just your nipples? <laughs> oh, I'm just hanging by my ankles in Kevin MacLeod's pleasure chamber. <laughs> and uh, I'm hanging by my ankles in an entirely different form and fashion. Unfortunately, what do you think uh, Kevin MacLeod's favorite sex position is? <laughs> uh, glass. I he's a glass table guy to me. What's a glass? Well, what's glass table? He's the uh, glass bottom boat person. I don't understand what you're saying. Um, so that is where you lay beneath a glass table and have someone either urinate or defecate on the table, <laughs> and you you watch them whilst you pleasure yourself. Oh my god, I'm a glass table guy. It's the it's otherwise referred to as the glass bottom boat ride. You know, just depending upon your preference. So uh, that's definitely an Uncle Touchy thing. I think that we are officially even for the picture that I sent you two nights ago. Nope. Uh, there's no, cause I mean, you, granted, we'll go by your mental processes can produce something far more vivid, but that is one of the most disturbing images I have ever encountered in my life. And I've seen German fetish porn. Oh, so... okay. You're going to have to show me this now. And then also, oh, all right. like, I'll not s- say for I want you link. to I'll notice. Send I'll send it to that, the chat. Uh, okay. Because like, you, you asked can't for just, this, Michael. You can't just talk about. You can't. Now I'm getting all excited Let's again. See. You can't just. John, go ahead and. Uh, John, could you give a little background as to how you discovered this? Uh, so I talk about them ad nauseum. Oh my but god! <laughs> I'm a huge fan of your mom's house podcast with Tom Segura, Christina Pazinski, and I, I describe it like if it's a fast pitch to people is kind of like Tosh Point oh, if it was actually good and funny. <laughs> Because it's it's internet Shots based fired. Too. Uh, the, so it's you can just listen to it on its own, but that's just like getting like just a just a quarter of the whole picture because they actually have it filmed you know, in a studio. So uh, I watch it every week on YouTube. But they show clips and they find everything from cute things, but the majority of what they find is this kind of lane of like just disturbing, touched people, if you will, um, and. They showed this clip last week of this... God, how old did you say he looked, Shane? Uh, 172. I mean, that's not wrong. Uh, but he's he's bald, and he has a tattoo on his forehead uh, that says pig, and the G goes down and circles the literal pig snout. Um, and he's wearing... In this picture, he's wearing a, a hoodie, but no shirt underneath, but he's wearing a bra. Um, yeah. And... In the middle of the bra is tattooed Miss Talon's Cuckold Property. Um, And then on his belly, his big, big, big belly uh, is tattooed Slut. Um, And in the clip that they show on on your mom's house, he's a fetishist, obviously. um, And he has fashioned these cups, like suction cups that he puts on both of his titties um, so that he can make them titties. And uh, Oh, okay. That's how... Okay. I was a little confused so as to how that the physics behind that was going on. Yeah, so that's why, <laughs> biology, that's why in the picture... Whatever. That's why he actually necessitates a bra uh, now. But anyway, so I was trying to describe this to Shane over PlayStation. Like him, uh, our drummer Asher, and I were playing Bloodborne. And I just kept saying, titty, 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 titty. Because that's what the, the guy takes the cups off in the video and starts, like, flapping them around. It's disturbing and hilarious. Uh, but I did not expect that. Because I, I sent that picture out of the blue because this guy has a uh, his own subreddit. Um, 
<laughs> naturally that that I found and or I didn't find it, but I found it from a peripheral uh, podcast episode. But I f- saw that picture and I saved it because it killed me. And then I sent it to Shane and Asher in a group chat. And I I don't know why I I just didn't expect Shane to be so disturbed by it, but. You would have, you could have believed that I showed him a picture of his mom being like filleted by how like grossed out he got. <laughs> his face does we, uh, speaks to the contrary. There can we can we take a moment and, and address that fellatio can't be performed on a woman? <laughs> oh, that's what he Firstly, was getting disturbed let's, by. Let's let's stop. So it's it's cunnilingus if you are going to be Not hungry, performing thanks. oral sex on a woman, you do it and you'll clean it up. Sorry, sorry, your mom fillating. I mean, even that, uh, it's just, you know, get in the right lane. Okay, uh, so let's do, would you rather, would you rather watch your mom give a blowjob, or would you rather watch this guy give a blowjob? <laughs> I mean, you're you're presupposing that I haven't seen either of those things already. <laughs> he just saw the picture, and he's like, Dad? <laughs> the Here's, uh, well, you know, you're not wrong. Uh, the The strange thing is, again... I don't need to be encouraged to want to salt the earth. If this podcast is evidence of anything, it's that I believe we could really do with a significant reduction in the human race. And Reddit is almost like the biggest affirmation for that. And I don't need it anymore. Like a lot of the things that I have sought that wound up disturbing me, be that films or, you know, any published materials on serial killers, etc., etc. I was studying because of psychological underpinnings or other things like this, and that person is a fascinating character study, if we want to go into that. However, I, I don't need to watch him flop his man meat about and say... Who would have ever thought you'd see tits on a pig? Titty, titty, titty. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's a hungry little tit pig. Cup, I could have done without. <laughs> Just for the rest of my life, I'd have been fine never hearing tit cup ever again. If it makes you feel any better on his subreddit, he is encouraging people in the Ontario area. He puts his phone number on there and he says you can call him uh, if you want to get your dick sucked by a pig. Um, But he's only going to answer from the area code that he's in. No other will get answered. But he's also saying that he never expected this COVID thing to get in the way of his his fetish so much. So maybe next next time, like when this is done, he'll be more of like a comes day prepper. Um, and and he'll just like store semen away because he craves it. So, uh, <laughs> is he pepper. is he related to a young lady in in Phoenix that we're all you know familiar with now? Or? <laughs> um, they're definitely uh, kindred. Yeah. Well, they're they're kissing cousins at this point. So, um, I just there's a degree of depravity. That again, I'm not that complicated. I get off in a pretty rudimentary fashion. It's just lather, rinse, repeat. So I don't really, I have never felt the need to stack on, you know, like the the dirtiest that I will probably admit to getting is like if, if someone comes out in a pair of thigh-high stockings, 
that's I'm I'm good. I'm sold. That that's you don't have to do much else. You're not a so, serial killer. Your needs aren't evolving. Like it's right. <laughs> so I don't need someone flying in on the trapeze with sort of whirling dervishes hanging off their nipples and something on fire where it shouldn't be in order to get my interest. It's it's kind of you know like a, a stiff breeze might get me to that point. So these people that have to go to these lengths to sate themselves in whatever, you know, fetishistic fashion. And it's 2020. I'm not kink-shaming anybody. Go and do whatever, as long as it's not hurting other people. And, yeah, you're, you know, you're not telling him not to crave cum. You're right. just saying that it makes you uncomfortable to see him eating it. I just, you know, there are points where I don't want my Venn diagram to overlap his. That's what I'm saying. Keep the bubbles separate. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm fine with him being out there. And, you know, in all honesty, uh, I just don't need it. That image <laughs> can't be removed from my brain. It's And the next time I try to get aroused, that's going to pop up at some point. Meanwhile, uh, it, it's, it's related because it's in Tom Segura's uh, most recent special. And he's talking about how he likes to make people upset. Mm. And he feels like every time he does, like, you know, i.e. showing somebody a clip like this or whatever, that he feels like he has this, like, marching band inside of him. Like, in his conscious, like, just banging around going, good job, good job, good job. And the moment that we we disconnected from the party chat, and I was like, like, kind of like, I was like, oh my god, that was so much fun. I was saying that out loud, and then I, it hit me, like, like a, just... 10 tons of bricks that how offended you got by that and i immediately smiled harder than i was <laughs> i think I mean, in the course of our friendship we've grossed each other out like as an olympic sport mm-hmm. um so the fact that there are still gray murky areas that we can hit makes me very happy yeah it's again I just, I need no further incentivization to want to harm myself or others than just existence in general, particularly these days. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I found my first, like, pothole in the lane of describing how this has been, like, blissful for me to be fully removed from people other than John sharing, you know, obscene human beings with me. It's this idea that we're existing in right now where things are sort of like I'm in a library right now, which is unoccupied by other people. I'm walking on a campus, which is essentially unoccupied. So I'm in my own version of like I am legend at the moment. It does feel that, huh? Where everything is somewhat occupied, but not. And I think the thing that is my only hang up about this whole situation is the metaphor that I've commonly used in awkward instances is that, you know, daddy just hit mommy at the dinner table and we all have to finish eating. Yeah. The expansion on that metaphor for the current state is that mommy, in as a reprisal, stabbed dad at the table and we were sent to our rooms. Now, normally, that's fine because I love my room. There's solace in my room. It is a safe haven for most everything if I'm in this current situation as a child. However, the circumstances are disturbing and alarming. And furthermore, then, there are so many other things that are wafting in the background that I can't really go on about my general routine and comfort 
based on the fact that I'm like, Dad's bleeding out in the kitchen right now, and I want to know what's <laughs> happening, but I can't. I don't dare go out. So if I need to piss, I'll probably leave my room because I mean that's that's a desperate need. But other than that, I'm gonna stay in my room and just hope that this blows over. And I think we have now an entire race of humanity doing this exact thing where we're all hiding in our rooms, going like, God, I hope this blows over. And, you know, the occasional, you know, misaligned individuals are not doing this and they're going out and, and you know, <laughs> running around. And- yeah, Twitter has brought me no solace. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Like, there was one gentleman, we have this creepy gaggle of, of course, public patrons that come in and it's, you know, your individuals who are, are not welcome in other polite areas of society. So the the one safe haven that they have is a library. And this odd like alfalfa looking motherfucker has like i have to keep an eye on him because he looks like the sort of person who is just gonna run around and diddle himself behind people you know without their knowing like he just has that off look about him Mm -hmm. and you work security for long enough that you start to kind of have eagle eyes for these sorts of things and i would be leery of myself right now being like i look like a light bulb or a cancer patient without the beard oh uh, yeah shane shane lost the bet and he shaved off his whole beard he yeah is, shaved uh, off the whole beard just for the you know the sake of going if we didn't get those lies i someone had to be punished so i'm yep. i'm going to call bullshit on that cuz you just yeah, said it's... you said that earlier that that wasn't the reason so you know what i realized i haven't shaved my face completely down since probably 2007 that is the last time I've actually had a clean-shaven face, and I I had forgotten, I mean, because we're not going out in public, so I haven't been using my beard oil as much, and I haven't been using my balm because I don't want to waste it if I don't have to, and right. I started getting crusty, and my mustache started bothering me, and I was like, well, I can probably just take that down. I was like, you know, Melissa's never seen me with a cleanly-shaven face, and we've, you know, kind of talked about how she's interested to see it, and... It, like every bad decision, immediately after it happened, you're like, okay, put it back. I missed the beard. <laughs> I enjoy seeing that you have dimples, but just, you know, it's, you're, you know, I like that Uncle you Fester and I, right now. Put it back. You and I are having, are having similar, uh, you know, ticks almost mm. where I've been having the internal debate of like, okay, maybe I just keep the beard and I take a two to my head because mm-hmm. I'm just so not yeah, I'm so bored. It's like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to be inside the house so long that by the time that, you know, I see anybody again, it'll grow back and I can get a proper haircut and style and whatever. Because right yep. now I'm just, I, I made the, the joke, like, I'm not shaving or cutting my hair until this is all over. But I'm starting mm-hmm. to get to the point where it's like, I don't even give a fuck anymore. Like, I just hate <laughs> having to do other things like so much. Like, can I just kill the routine by killing the appearance? Mm-hmm. That was my exact rationale is like, we're not going to be doing any shows. I'm not going to, I'm really, I'm technically working from home so that no one sees me but her and you, unfortunate gentleman. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can go out without feeling too self-conscious because I hate the, you know, I got chins like a Chinese phone book here. So it's, you I do hate not. having, dude, there is some serious turkey neck happening here. I'm I'm not a fan. But uh, so it's it's always one of those bizarre things. Anywho, I digress pretty rapidly. Oh, hey, can we do a Martin Scorsese real quick? And can you give him the title card after we're already a quarter into the episode? Oh, <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe, possibly. <laughs> I, I have... guess I can put on the, th- the intro music right here. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, Let's do that. Yeah. Right, so we're 20 minutes into recording. Yes. <laughs> By the eternal, behold. Behold. behold.
It's the Disinformed Podcast. I am still Shane. I am kind of John. And I am only partially Michael. I was going to say, you're marginally Michael. Oh, Oh, that's a good one. Well done. Uh, I think it's because we've, without having the music as a ballast, like we just kind of weigh in, and it's it's interesting to see kind of where to, that takes us. And to be fair, I kind of emotionally charged you uh, <laughs> by and by, how by bringing up Robert Summerton. It's difficult. Or is it so Normer Norman? Norman. I don't want to know his name. If you give it a name, it's real, and I, I like to believe that <laughs> oh, that you, man doesn't exist. You have told me that multiple times throughout my life, it, which is funny. I actually have, Michael. You will appreciate this joke. Uh, at one point, like I, when we were in our worst and most debauched stages, uh, I, you know, you'd have your general sort of sharing protocols where I'd see like the oh, by the way. Got this in the uh, the old text bucket last night. I hope that you enjoy. I'm like, oh, that's very nice. Okay. And in the midst of that, I was told at one point there's uh, an individual who eventually, you know, managed to kindle a relationship with John, who I had seen in various stages, uh, was then brought around and, and not just a casual throwaway single-use friend. Uh, and wound up being someone who's with for a bit, and I was like, "John, you can't do that. You can't make them human like this. I, <laughs> it's either well, one or the other. It's we either were... an object or it's a person, and I can't. We can't distinguish those two from one another. And we we're uh, like on the debauched kind of side of things. Like we wouldn't. We use code names. Like it was mm-hmm. hilarious, but lit- it was just because it was easier than." You know, trying to be like, hey, you remember so-and-so? Like, you just use the identifier. So it would be like, hey, remember Catsuit? It's the serial killer thing. Like, it's, you're dehumanizing them. Like, I don't want to personalize it by giving it a name and feeling like I have to have an emotional attachment to it. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like farm animals. You know, you, you raise some pigs, you give one a name, and you suddenly don't want to kill it for its meat. Listen, I know that your relationship is weird, but you can't relate women to pigs. Mm. Uh, well, I, I mean, here's the thing, though. It's just if it's a, a cum rag with keen fashion sense, I don't want to have it be something I have to sit down to dinner to at some point. So, I don't want to have to look over the table at somebody and be like, oh, my God, I've seen your asshole. Uh, I don't I have that know. enough with my mom. I don't need that in any other circumstance. I don't know whether to do a trigger warning, a problematic Shane Lane warning, or what? So I'm just gonna go ahead and say sorry, God, and uh, <laughs> not safe for life. <laughs> I, and I can't even hide behind the whole like this does not represent our views because I mean we've all <laughs> you just uh, admitted to it five seconds ago. <laughs> man, Shane really checkmated me into this problematic corner of fuck hatred. Listen, um, <laughs> we we are all like a coin. There are two sides to our personalities, and some are respectful and loving and appreciable individuals, and others are the most debauched, depraved, bacchanalian versions of ourselves. And you have to reconcile those two things. It's the id versus the ego, superego kind of thing. I, I've, I've said the Dallas Green quote on air, haven't I? Yeah. I don't recall. It's the, uh, he, he wrote it, I think it was like a liner note around um, Little Hell. Uh, but essentially he said that if you are not looking back on the past and wincing a little bit, then you haven't grown as a person. Yeah. So in that That's regard, every every time that we tell these stories from the past, uh, at least especially like, especially like the catsuit story and, and other like little details that seep through, I'm like, oh, 
God, that's so bad. Like, I, I'm such an asshole. And then I look, I was like, oh, I was such an asshole. I'm a different kind of asshole now. But, like, mm. at least now, like, it, the, the assholery is kind of, like, fine-tuned. Yeah. We all have to go through a refining process. I mean, if you just take us in the raw, it's going to be terrifying. And hurt. So, Painful. Uh, <clears throat> indeed. So <laughs> back to the random pothole that I hit. But so I see this gentleman, this Opie looking, you know, freak just ambling about. And he's always on campus still. He's still just flitting about. On the you know, looking- escalator again. In, on the escalator and he's rifling through the refuse and he's, you know, sort of like just poking around and I'm like, why are you here? And it's like, a, you know, a buzzard on a body just waiting for this library to open back up like it's, it's I've got no place else to go. And there is a measure of like this distrust that I have kindling every time I see him. And it's just it's another human being who's trying to get along and he could be out exercising. He could be doing any number of things. But the second I see him, my hackles get up and I'm like, oh, and it's I think it's just kind of a a byproduct of the situation we find ourselves in because these are, you know, not your standard operating circumstances. But uh, so, yeah, that's my the metaphor for for the current is I'm I'm in my room waiting to hear whether or not dad's going to bleed out. No, that's fair. There's uh, there was an article that I skimmed earlier when I was looking up something else. You can't Uh, read without pictures. See. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> there was only like one or two pictures, so I kind of scrapped it. But um, it was essentially saying that uh, like the author, the author of the piece, uh, was watching Die Hard, and he was actually cringing, um, because he would see uh, John McClane touch his face, and he would see other people in that movie touch his face, touch their face, not just touch John McClane's face, but touch their faces, and so he would cringe because that's kind of the culture that is going on right now where it's like you're seeing him like crawl through vents and shit and then he like gets out of the vent the first thing he does is like suck his thumb like (laughs) yeah or like wipe his face or something like that and you're just like ah why are you doing that and it's so funny to read those things because like honestly and for me life hasn't really changed much except for instead of having to go to the university and sit through a couple of labs like once a week or something like that i just have to sit here in my computer and watch other people attempt to do it. I still go to my other job at Howie's. Um, the tables aren't set up outside, and I don't have to deal with the homeless people that sleep out there every once in a while. But other than that, it's been pretty much the same life for me. So, like, seeing that, I mean, I can't get drunk, you know, outside at a bar, but I could just say that. Do it at I'm home like to, a normal alcoholic, yeah. Yeah, I'm just telling myself <laughs> that I'm trying to improve my uh, lot of life and, you know, cut on my drinking but um, yeah the weird the weird thing it's it's almost like a um i and i hate to say these words because they have such a charged connotation but mm-hmm. it's a it's a privilege check of mm-hmm. a moment where all three of us are kind of <clears throat> excuse me are, are in a situation where life is different but in a way where you just pivot and you roll with it but yeah you're not you're the the uncomfortableness is very first world Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's and it's not it's not problems of am i going to eat am i going to keep my house or my apartment it's oh i can't go i can't go sit down at a bar or oh i can't go read at the library or oh i can't go sit inside a starbucks and you know you know harass the baristas 
Yeah. Um, and um, and then it? get kicked out because of the massive mud pie that you left in their bathroom. And then they that made you time. clean it up before that they would serve you. And I didn't know that they were allowed to even do that. How did they know you made the massive mud pie unless you were, like, painting the walls with it? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It came out after touching his face, and they're like, whoa, man, you shouldn't be touching your face after that. Um, what was it? I was actually I was... eating my own shit. Oh, okay. What else is new? Mm-hmm. I was, uh, what was it? It also has to do with uh, the state that we're in. Um, our quarantine, what counts as an essential business, is very lax compared to other places. Like, I was I was talking to someone from Kentucky. We're basically and, like, Florida. Oh, well, at least our beaches aren't open. Um, though I'd imagine, no, I'd say that if we had beaches, they wouldn't be open. I think, oh, a little I've bit- seen plenty of beaches. Oof. Oh, I um, see what you did there. Yeah. But, uh, I was talking to a, a friend from Kentucky. Well, okay. Girlfriend's friend, whatever. Um, and they were saying that, like, Target was closed. Like, pretty much if you're going anywhere, you're just doing groceries. Like, they don't even have, like, essential items. Like, in places like Michigan, like, they only have grocery, like, food items there you can't buy like paint or stuff at a walmart and it's it's like that's not here i mean i i've gone to 12 west actually the brewery brewery uh in downtown mesa i've gone there a couple times because they sell their beers to go we just walked in we chatted up like the the head bartender and bought like eight bottles of one of their sours and it was just like almost like a normal day like the only thing that was different was the chairs were set up or were you know put on the tables and no one was sitting there drinking so it's yeah. it's definitely like this the city the state that we're in as well like the other thing that I think I find just personally that the wall I hit and we've kind of lamented this as a band was like it's uh, less than even just the privilege it's the purpose because I have that like instinct of a shark has to keep swimming or it'll die sort of thing so if we're not producing music if we're not angling to go out and do shows and so you know the instagram video recording and stuff is fulfilling to a certain extent but at the same time it's sort of like not feeling like okay well we're getting momentum we're going to start releasing stuff we're selling merch we're doing shows or you know hustling and without having that it's sort of like my work has a bare minimum of invested time that I needed to give it, even at the best of times when I'm actually working, working, because I compartmentalized my life really well with that facet. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. They, they just wanting to get back into, like, yeah, we have two songs that are going to be sent over to us, and I'm chomping at the bit to get them, and I'm like, I don't know why. Because it's not really going to make much of a difference because right. we're not going to do a physical release anytime soon. And even then, it's like no one's going to hear it if, if we want to. So it's just odd. You're like screaming in an echo chamber, basically. Oh, my God. What was the... Um... So I am reading Watchmen. I think I, mm-hmm. I, think I said that. Yeah, yes, I think you, you did. That, yeah. um, but they have a quote. They have quotes at the end of each chapter. Yeah. Um, and Michael and Jane, you can help me out with with who the quote is from. Is it is it Nietzsche? Mm-hmm. Nietzsche, Nietzsche. Uh, but essentially, it's something that you have said in so many words to me before, Shane. Which is sometimes when you're staring into the abyss, the abyss stares back at you. Yes. Oh yeah. Where yeah, yeah. and and I and read that right where I was getting hit with the same feelings that you're just describing. Um, and I was like, Ooh, wish I'd had not read that right now because it's exactly what it feels like where like now, like you're getting these like really self-reflective times. Um, like all I have is time to focus on the, the bad and the good, but I mean, most of the time it's the abyss feel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, it is weird, Shane, to not have like I, I say posturing. Um like having the the need to be like, I am doing this because X will happen mm-hmm. or because X could happen if I press. Right. Uh the stakes have just been kind of eliminated. Dad has been sliced open. We're we're in that holding pattern where it we're we're trying to, to land and we're running out of fuel in the plane and we're just kinda like, Okay, well, this is gonna start getting dire real quick. But uh, the thing I was talking about, funnily enough, with my folks fairly recently is introspection scares a lot of folks who don't commonly delve into it. And we were talking about individuals using marijuana. Now, obviously, I have no frame of reference for this. If we've talked about this, I'm cleaner than the Pope's bedsheets. So other than, you know, the tears of small nurse, uh, <laughs> we're cutting that out. I know, you know, in which yeah. case you are a lot like the Pope. Indeed, yes. Uh, you abstain from drugs and alcohol, but you like to fill holes. Exactly. And the the difficulty of, like most people where we talked about, whereas alcohol kind of limbers you up in a different way, where you kind of get loose and we'll call it social lubricant, for a lot of individuals, the only time they will break down some of those inner barriers that they have and see who they are without a filter is if you get stoned. And due to marijuana purportedly like slowing things down and giving you moments to kind of be a little bit more contemplative contemplative or introspective however you want to play it that's terrifying to a lot of people who don't sit and contemplate those things already so that was kind of my these are those times for individuals who aren't you know if you want to have a crisis of of conscience or or faith or like oh my god what was i doing with my life Mine was actually a delight, oddly enough, and I'll get into that. I'll dovetail into our our follow-up topic here, but please, go ahead, Jim. Oh, I was going to uh, bring up that yesterday was 420. Blaze it. Um, So yesterday I had a, let's call it a play date with our dearly beloved Asher Uh um, to play Monster Hunter World and like put, or like dive back into that with him. So I didn't tell him, but after I did my workout, I ate an edible and it kicked in basically the first frame that we started playing. And I have never felt so <laughs> handicapped before because there it is a mechanically rich and dense game. Mm-hmm. And I and I knew that going in, but I forgot how much so. So half the time, like he's talking to me. People are talking to me in the game. I'm trying to remember how to do something. And after, I think, like, so the course of an edible, so you take it. And then it, it for me, it, it varies, but it's like 45 to 90 minutes. For me, it usually is like a, an hour and I'm full in, like, the intense part of the high. And then that lasts for about an hour. <laughs> and then after that hour, I can kind of, like, start being a human again. So I feel bad for Asher because for that first hour that we were playing... I probably said like five words to him. And then afterwards I was like, oh man, I am so glad that I am past that part of my high. And he's like, oh, holy shit, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like you probably should have told him he would have taken part. And then the two of you could have like hit the, uh, the same pothole together. Well, he was, nice. he was telling me cause I was like, I was like, man, like I wish I, I kind of like took less or did something like we were doing something else. Uh, because, you know, I was about the game, like, I'm trying to focus on the game. He goes, oh, I love getting just stoned out of my mind and playing this game because I like the textures and the environments. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. not paying attention to the environments and the textures. I'm paying attention on trying to just 
play it. Like, right. <laughs> Um, I but, think the Bloodborne thing probably gives you a bit of that. Since once you start compressing with Bloodborne, like it is unforgiving. You cannot miss anything, or it will just devour you whole. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, having like finally platinumed that bloody thing last night, I was very excited to kind of run through and. Yeah, it is one of those things where you realize the degree to which you get paranoid about that game. Because you can't even pause. I mean, you oh, can get in your worst set of circumstances. You're like, oh, I can't stop. I have to keep running. So Love it. But anyway, you said you had some topics. Well, I was thinking, so... This is if the the modern adage of I'm living my best life. It's quite literally I am living my best life right now, not limited to just being sequestered away and and having full unfettered access to if, all of my entertainment and my pop culture paradise that is my house. I was thinking of do you feel like you have a calling like outside of and I'll take music off of the board because obviously that's going to say if i have a job i want to do for the rest of my life my first inclination is if i can make music and make enough money off of it sure but like it was there a job that once you got into the job or was there a job you pined for where a child will say blithely i want to be a fireman growing up that you found like oh my god i'm in my niche like this is my place and to give you an example, and then we can dovetail off for your answers, but when I started working at Tower Records, like, that was, for that time and place, probably one of the best times of my life, because I got to go to work at a place where I was surrounded by things I loved, because it's basically akin to what Zia carries now. It's just, it's literature, there's books all over the place, there's little odd tchotchkes, and it's all pop culture references and all related that way. And then it's music. And I just sat and talked about music with people and the things I'm passionate about and why I was passionate about it for hours on end. And I got paid to do it. So it's kind of the Kevin Smith uh, run about working as a clerk. He's like, I yeah, got to watch television for a and second. get paid for it, basically. I just sit around and occasionally I'd have to interact with people. So I was like, technically, if that's what my aspiration is, like if I could just quit everything else and if I had no other means, if money was off the table and all I had to worry about was just go do something fun, it would be a lot of fun to just go work in a record store again. Were you guys following that emotional roller coaster that I was on as well? Yeah, I just, yeah, I just saw here. you. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank God that we have everything uh, backed up and recorded, and Audacity didn't lose anything, so we should be fine. But the, that was you talking about Tower Tower Records and the uh, the yes. immense uh, fun and fulfillment that you had with that job, right? Because it was just everything that I loved in a, a small, bite sized, easy to use package. Basically, I could just go to work and talk to my friends about the bands I liked and get paid for it, and occasionally be interrupted by someone going, "Hey, could you tell me how I could find this Britney Spears album?" And yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world to deal with comparatively, having done a lot of other things. So that's my uh, my fun. You know, what would we be doing otherwise? Money's not an, an issue. And of course, naturally, music uh, is our passion for, for John and I. And Michael, if you could, you know, be in a touring marching band somewhere, I'm sure given the opportunity, you'd just relish that. But what, no, uh, I'm actually really bad at playing music. I I don't practice. So that's I'm like why you went worst. to uh, <laughs> oh um, yeah no i i didn't have to do shit i, yeah, I just Michael, have to about, show up in march I, we usually go down the line of shane me you but how about, how about you take this 
Well, yeah. What, what? Um, so, th- okay, this is actually like something I've, I've thought about a lot because uh, I haven't really been worked at a place or been part of a job where I thought like ha- I've had that level of contentment mm-hmm. um, because like I I don't really care about making pizza. It's not something that I would enjoy doing even if I didn't have to deal with the customers. Like, I mean, it's cool when you make some like you translate art into your pizzas, like into your work where you can make really good, really tasty, really nice, pretty looking pizzas. But I mean, like that's not something that I really want to do with my life. And it's you're working at a chain. You're not, you know, at it, it, your own store where you pick the ingredients and you've made the pizza because it's something it's a passion play for you. You're basically just throwing stuff together because people ordered it. Yeah, I'm even even if I had the the freedom to make whatever I want and not have to worry about customers or money or store or regulations or any of that, like I still don't feel like any sort of contentment with that job. Mm-hmm. It's it's mainly a matter of uh, um, it just makes sense for me to stay there because then I get the free parking i don't have to park on campus i'll pay in the bills yeah exactly and the 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 bonuses are also really nice um i mean i do the only thing that i've really felt content with the the thing that i love doing is explaining things to people um mainly like talking about just explaining concepts of physics like when someone comes up to me and is like i don't understand this can you help me out but i haven't even experienced that so much with um being a teaching assistant because i mean aside from this one semester i i was teaching entry-level physics courses for people that don't give a shit about physics yeah and that's just a flaw in the educational system though so i think technically you do have the soul of an educator you just not in the configuration that this country has created true when you put it that way that makes a lot of sense so if i had the opportunity to teach in a way that like i can explain whatever i want and and you know and help them understand because i do love like when someone comes up to me with a question and i explain it to them and they're like oh like that look of realization and understanding and the aha moment and they even make that noise like i i can't help but smile like a doofus when they do that and i even tell them like that's like honestly the one of the best things that i i like to see is when they have their own like they don't even they can cut me off and say oh so like this and that shows that they understand that I don't even have to finish it. I will let them speak. Like, because that's that's one thing that I've always dealt with myself because of my ADHD. I don't understand things immediately. I need to explain. I need to have someone explain it to me five times. And then I need to think it through five separate times. And then I might understand it. So that's I have to why, think it through so many things. That's why you and our violinists get along so well. Uh, We get along? Well, I mean, in my, my head canon, you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> As much as anyone can get along with her, uh, I, I mean, like we've we've talked like a couple of times. I, I heard her rant about her parents' like making cider or something up north and mead. It's pronounced mead. toilet wine, and it's uh, elegant and classy. Yeah, but other it's, than that, but it, so to you know, put a quick summation on your point. It's yeah. like the uh, the Stranger Things quote of your you like helping people open a curiosity door. Yes. And sharing things with them and explaining how you, you know the trapeze artist manages to make it on the other uh, the high wire artist makes it to the other side the upside down. Yes. Whatever you said, we're yes, gonna go yeah. with that. Uh, I think I know the reference you're talking about. It was like yeah. from the first season. Yeah. Uh, with the the physics teacher, like 
It's he's the seen... flea and the trapeze artist, I think, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Or, or the can, high wire. The flea can hang upside down. And, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's nice when you have someone who has a genuine interest in something that you also have a genuine interest in, which is basically the Tower Records thing, is if I... I had a really fun story about like a customer who came in and walked into a barrage of information for me by saying, hey, what Dave Matthews record should I buy? And yes, feel free to lampoon me for hours on that, listeners. That's just, it's, we all have personal tastes. But I, I really I, like Ants Marching. It's one of my favorite songs because I played in I, that band. So I was <laughs> I, a I won't goon. <laughs> I still really love Dave Matthews. I've kind of fallen off the wagon because after a while it gets, it's the ACDC principle. It gets to be old hat for a bit. But I mean, I'm, I'm in a band with a violinist for a reason. It's one of the things I enjoyed between like Dave Matthews or Hurt, like sonically. I appreciate it. Yeah. But yeah, I spent probably 45 minutes with that person and upsold a significant amount of material because like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to have a moment where you get home from work and you dance around in the house because there's a Dave Matthews album for that? Do you want to smoke a really big blunt and hang out and just sort of like contemplate the movement of the universe because there's a Dave Matthews album for that? You know, I... I am glad and sad in equal measure that I didn't know you during that time because I can see you in that role at Tower Station mm. so, so well just based on how you give recommendations uh, musically to people, like random passerby still to this day, to the tune that you made me a whole Genesis playlist curated. For no reason. <laughs> uh, the the Shane does a very, not to detract from, from Michael for a second, just because you, you brought it up, uh, it's in my head. Shane does a really amazing playlist job where he he understands pacing and ebb and flow. So if you ever want to get into an artist that Shane knows rather well, uh, I would highly recommend harassing him to make you a custom playlist because they they are quite phenomenal. He's the reason that I like the Decemberists now. God bless you. Because we were coming back. We were on an hour and a half drive uh, back to the valley, and Mm -hmm. he threw on his Decemberist playlist and just... The order of all the songs, like, I didn't know a single, like, I, I knew the hit, or I, not the hit, but I knew a couple songs, but I just heard them in passing, but just the flow mm. of that was, I was like, I need to check these guys out more on my own. Uh, but Michael, yeah, I uh, you, we've talked about that, I think, off air before, like, maybe at the bar or over a drink or something, and uh, I, I think you do a good job uh, of educating, you know, and I, I feel like you're you're definitely on that path. Well, that's just because there are a couple of patrons that would ask me questions because they saw that I would be grading physics papers, especially that that one, um, quote, mathematician uh, coming up and asking me stupid questions like, how much energy does it take to cook a chicken? Or can can you cook a ch- how hard do you have to slap a chicken to cook it? You're like, stand still. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, do I go up to you and say, hey, can you prove this hard mathematical like theorem just off the top of your head? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ay, ay, ay. But if you ask me, like, you know, why does it hurt when I get slapped or when I slap someone else? Like, or when I you pee. Like, okay. Well, uh, I, I'm not a I'm not a doctor there. I I can't help you with that. <laughs> can you Can you imagine how strange that would be if someone randomly that you don't know it's like you meet them at the bar, you're having drinks, you're like, hey, just maybe you can help me solve this little debate. Why does it hurt when I pee? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, is there blood in it? Well, <laughs> uh, exclusively. <laughs> well, right. let's ask good old Google here. <laughs> it says that you should be dead. <laughs> uh, WebMD, your best friend. 
if how you, you discover probably it. cancer. The 17, yeah, 17 different ways you have cancer. It's how you discover beautiful things like the Bristol stool scale. Or a pig with tits. Have, you, have we talked about the Bristol stool scale before? No. Is this another In glass there. ship? Uh, this, no, close. Uh, it, I, when I was working at the, uh, main library in the campus, uh, that we, we basically already conceded a lot of us. When yeah, I was but we at, won't, we won't make it easy for them to look it up. So yeah, continue. I mean, bleep however, but I was working in the main library. I opened on Sundays and when I came in one Sunday morning, I went and checked the, the restroom and there was all over the floor, just a string of what looked like dog feces just scattered like someone had just dragged their ass across the floor and it was black and i had not ever seen i have not ever seen shit that was that color and so then i was like well what would cause this so i went up to the front desk and of course being someone who works at a library i began to research what would cause (laughs) black stool and liver failure Liver failure is exactly. So as I was looking through, but then I discovered the Bristol stool scale, which the Bristol stool scale is a way of classification of human feces into what is healthy or unhealthy levels. And it is, if you want to look it up, please feel free. But it talks about texture, whether or not you have something that's like pellets or whether they have like something that is candy bar shaped as it is described as your healthy snake-like feces. So it's different dimensions depending on the different types of um, uh, qualities of it. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Is it so, named after the town of Bristol? Because I have no idea. Just a steaming uh, pile of shit. I well, guess if it's we, steaming, uh, that's, that's kind of scary. Either that or it's really cold outside. Gentlemen, I think we have discovered another topic for me to present to you going forward. I will do an episode on the Bristol stool scale. So I think yeah, uh, the I can only get so erect. That's it a hurts. lie. <laughs> Well, John, since we've now beat around the bush uh, long enough like uh, you at a frat party, uh, what is uh, what is your uh, calling? Uh, you know, you talking about Tower Records reminded me just of having the most fun at other jobs where life was a little... Uh, like More if you, carefree? It, yeah, carefree. Like if you would take, take the money out of it, like you were saying. Like I actually really enjoyed working uh, at a movie theater. It was one of those like bucket list jobs of like, I, I got it at the the perfect time for me. I didn't. I wasn't making enough money for it really to be feasible, but I had the most fun there. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of working at a movie theater, I always wanted to work at a record store. That just hasn't hasn't been in the cards. But I mean, fuck, I might be out of a job, so maybe maybe start reapplying. Um, it's not really the environment, ooh. you know, that lends to the way music has gone these days. Like, there's not a lot of independent record stores that are really thriving. Uh, Zia is a really rare exception, which is a beautiful thing. I'm excited about. Yeah, um, but you know, gun to my head, current current time, there's two things. When I was growing up, when I was in school, I really really thought that i would end up going for um like a history like to go mm. like to be a, like a history teacher like high school really uh, high school I level i really um i always admired every teacher that i had in that subject throughout my entire schooling and it motivated me to to consider that just hasn't happened it's it's very like super suppressed back now um, okay because i didn't even know you had an interest in history because like i yeah. love history so i'm surprised we haven't jammed about that before yeah so, but the thing is that I just really haven't, in the back half of 
my 20s like i really haven't spent that much time on that subject because i've pursued other things that have that have interested me so i probably would be a very boring person to talk to you about uh about history with right now i'm but... boring <clears throat> to talk to period so <laughs> can't top that <laughs> um shots but... fired if we were Oof. going, if we were going present day, and not me when I was in high school, or you know, just about to turn eighteen, I would say right now, if money wasn't an issue, I would want to just produce beer. I wouldn't want to work Ooh. in a tap room. I wouldn't want to, you know, deal with customers in any way, shape, or form. I would yeah, just fuck that. Just like to, uh, you know, go in, be uh, do the Jesse Walter thing, and mm-hmm. uh, just just brew, and come home and do whatever the fuck else, like do music, and you know. Hey, you're people who know people, so I mean, uh, you can twist uh, David's arm as well and be like, hey. It is funnily enough uh, on my mind, it has been on my mind, it's something, like speaking of posturing, uh, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of decisions that I've been trying to, or a lot of decisions that I've made with the intent of eventually at some point going to a brewery and working from the bottom uh, just just to to get my, my foot in the door. This is a big hiccup. But, Naturally, yeah, <laughs> not but, not as badly as you'd think. I mean, there's still yeah. places that are brewing, like that are still making it. They might be not making as much, but they're still open for business and doing carryouts and stuff. So this is kind of a call out if anyone um, anyone listening to this in the Phoenix area needs me to come clean their gear and wants to give me hands on experience. I uh, wide open suck dick. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I thought Michael was giving you hands on experience already. So, oh, man. well, as long as it's six feet away. Well, he's already said last week he could hit you from six feet. So true. Yeah, that's true. Well, I've been, the whole I've point. Been practicing. The point of the exercise, like as I was talking about, this is kind of chasing whimsy uh, and akin to something that you were relating for John. Like I would love to be a producer. That would something that I'd love is like just to sit and engineer all day and and bring people in. If it was artists that you like to work in, but it's a job you've had and have explained the trappings of the the worst aspects of that. Oh yeah. So, it, but that would be fun to just sit and make music all day and get paid for it. But the reason that I kind of dove down a rabbit hole here, and I'm going to keep it as a literal translation, is that this uh dovetailing off of our previous discussion about you know how we would hit people up and our opening lines on dating sites and then discussion about love of both music and now history my opening salvo for a really long time was i would throw out if you are familiar at all with the book and now miniseries eleven twenty two sixty three by I, stephen king am i the only one in here that is not familiar I know of it. I haven't read it. I mean, well, I do. Well, well see I know this, what the, the topic series. is. But. Yeah. So yeah. this is exactly kind of the uh, expected foray I would usually have. So I would explain. In it, uh, the main character Jake Epping is discovers through an associate of his, Al, who owns a diner, that in this diner there's a rabbit hole which breaks through you know time and space and leads back to that exact same spot. In, uh, I think it was probably like mid-May of 1959. And so you can transport back to that time. But uh, the idea is, is that if you go through this rabbit hole, you can find your way back to the present day. And only like 15 minutes will have elapsed. But you can go through as much time as you want to in 1959. So you could stay there for six months. You could stay there for six years. You could stay there, you know, for 60 years and try to catch up and go back to that spot and still emerge right where you left. Uh, 
Hmm. And so it's an interesting concept. And so they use that, of course, the mechanism of the plot is that the gentleman, Al, then recommends to him that he go back and stop the Kennedy assassination from happening because he considers it to be a watershed moment in the whole of history. I don't want to get into that. That's a big topic. King's already written the book, so we don't need to. My question is, is given that conceit, if you have this same wormhole and you have access to it, so you can travel back in time to 1959, what is the band... And this can be probably within a decent amount of time frame, Ooh. dependent upon how you know patient you want to be. What is the band that you are going to go back and see in situ that you're going to find at that time frame? So my opening salvo is always I would rather I'd love to go and see uh, it was uh, Tom and Jerry at the time, who later turned into their given stage name, which was Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, but uh, so they were, you know, floating around in the the Greenwich area and spending some time in the good old Soho in New York and and playing all the coffee shops. I mean, Dylan was floating around, so the folk music scene at that time would be amazing to catch. But also, I would love to run into a Sun Records tour at the time because that would have had Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Roy Orbison, and of course Johnny Cash in you know their full regalia and playing the tunes that you all love, fresh as they were happening in the moment because all of this lightning strike like right at the end of the 50s early 60s so that would be fantastic some might say you know i want to go over to england and catch beatlemania as it rises i would love to see pink floyd but i'm not sure i have you know like six or seven years that i want to wait around to watch that happen but i mean then you'd get to see floyd breaking into zeppelin breaking into sabbath like a okay, lot so, of really interesting so the contingency is you go back you it, it's not just go back and to the time where the band is it's you have to go back to the 50s and wait Yes. Oh, Cause shit. Because, I, I mean, now I would say you don't necessarily say you have to wait, but, I mean, if if you know something from the late, you know, 50s, early 60s that you can say off the top of your head, you'd love to see. That's great. But remember, this is a dating site, and I'm trying to start conversation with people and get something more than, I don't know bands, or I don't know anything from the 60s. It's more of just, it's a conversation starter. Oh, okay, because so, that okay, was so going to be my answer. Yeah, let's take let's take those <laughs> let's take that filter kind of off real quick. Yes, um, mine would be really really boring, um, and kind of basic, if if you will. Um, oh, I would want to see early because I think that the key is you are the early adopter. You know, like mm. you get to go see like. You get to see the house shows, or you get to see like the fifty person. You get to be the hipster. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would want one of the one of the other, um, either early Nirvana when they were doing like when like pre them determining what their name was, like back when they were like writing a different name on each cassette, right? Because I think that's when like like the birth of Seattle grunge would be a lot of fun to be around and knowing, oh, yeah. and knowing to avoid heroin would be a, you know, like while going into that would be a great thing. Um, but then also I'd really like to see um, tool when they were in their early days. Um, but yeah, those, those are basic. Uh, it's funny that you, you asked that question or you bring that up because it's been part of like my nightly thing is like, when I'm t- j- tired, but not tired enough to go to sleep and I want to put something on to like, get me there i've been looking up like old or like not old but i've been looking up metal bands and then like looking up their earliest videos that i can find like live sets oh okay so i made the mistake last night of finding or (laughs) there's not a lot of early otep and it's terrible oh yeah well that goes without saying now doesn't it (laughs) yeah uh michael how about you uh well 
I don't I don't really know honestly like um our band's only 5 years old. Uh, um, <laughs> and we were not My interested. only I guess my only question would be like would you physically age while you're waiting? Yes. Because okay, so then mm, I, I honestly you, don't when know you go then. back do you reverse? No, you are still as so you have aged over the course because again you are not missing those years. You are it's kind of uh, for those who have seen Interstellar. Okay, it's that same principles. Time nope. is relative, so you Wait. will experience time. Michael, you yes, seen Inter- you heard me. I did not. I have you not. need to see Interstellar as someone who has the proclivities that you do and the interests. It is a great film. I just watched it with Melissa recently, as a matter if of it fact. Is, so. If it is not on one of the streamables, I, I own it, and I live close to you, and you're more than welcome to pick it up. I know. It, uh, it's mainly just, like, pure laziness that, that I haven't seen it. I mean, like, I, I know that it's so uh, scientifically literate. I mean, they call they got, I believe it's physicist uh, Kip thorn um who writes a lot of books for the layperson uh to read oh yeah talking nerdy on, to me who came on as an advisor and was like this is what black holes would do this is how they would work yada 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 yeah it was around so, the time uh the martian came out so there was this really funny or really fun like comparison between martian and interstellar where they had people on deck like you're talking about for both movies um and it was also i think Right around when, like the YouTube series of how much full or like how full of shit are these concepts, were starting mm. to really pop. Yeah, so cool. What's yeah. funny is the juxtaposition of those two films as well, because uh, if you think of casting for The Martian and Interstellar, two yep. very prominent figures in both of those films, uh, you know that play out between some of our favorite actors, but. Mm-hmm. Anywho, I'm I'm trying not to spoil things for yeah, you. Yeah, this Michael, is one. So. This is one that Michael should just experience completely blind because he will weep like a fucking five year old girl. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I know a, some of the story, but like, you, it's fine. We can move on. Okay, Michael, did you say you had uh, had things written down that weren't pornographic in nature? Uh, yeah, actually, um, there were two things I kind of wanted to talk about, but I I guess I'll. Just as an aside, because we were talking about history like a couple minutes ago, and I wanted to mention it. So I know that Shane is kind of tired of me introducing topics that have to do with uh, abortionists. Well, same thing. Uh, uh, yeah. Lest made we potato. be told that um, we're one note here is exactly. all I'm attempting to stave off, my friend. <laughs> it's fine. I, I I'm not offended if 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 they're shit. That's fine. No. <laughs> um. But. Uh, I actually started reading, and now I forget the name of the book, so I'm going to have to look it up later and put it on the show notes or something like that. Note to future self. Um, but there's a historian that I really enjoy. I mean, I can't say I really enjoy. I only read one of his books. His name is Richard Rhodes. But he did a really in-depth, like a deep dive um, book called The Making of the Atomic Bomb. And essentially, he's a historian. He's not a scientist. Hmm. He's a historian, and he wrote about the physics community from the turn of the century all the way up to right after the atomic bomb was dropped. And there's a lot of interesting, like, he also covers, like, some facets of the nuclear uh, program that was occurring in Germany and also in America at that time. Um, And there was one particular incident that I actually want to talk about before I go into more detail, or that... for my next topic but essentially i want to do more of a historical setting for things but not just talking about like like just boring like this is the battle of this or this is this war but more like 
harder to believe things that have actually occurred in history. Like the one that I do want to talk about, um, it was Oppenheimer's favorite sex toy. I could actually talk about Oppenheimer actually, uh, because he's very, spikes. very odd. Um, and all, I mean, that actually would be a fascinating topic. Now I mentioned it is is uh, talking about Los Alamos, and I mean, I have heard that there were pretty much sex orgies, uh, orgies that occurred there um, when they were formulating the atomic bomb. Which, when you think about it, like kind of makes sense. They're designing a weapon that could destroy the Earth. What do you do when you get off of that? Like, you're going to just fucking debauch yourself to try and forget all the shit that you were designing. Um, so I could talk about that because I don't know how true that is. That would be an interesting thing. But the one thing I want to start with is talking about um, – I will. it was called – the wiki page was called uh, the Norwegian Heavy Water Sabotage. And it occurred during World War II. Interesting. Uh, and, and involved – World War II the, is interesting to me, so go ahead. Yeah, and it, it pretty much involved uh, espionage. Uh, on the British and Norwegian side, uh, about a specific water or heavy water plant, which I'll talk about what heavy water is during that episode, and it involved no. uh, n- yes, um, and it involved the nuclear weapons program that was happening in Germany. Huh. So okay, yeah, all right. Uh, speaking of Los Alamos as well, have you uh, encountered Bob Lazar at all? Are you familiar with any of the discussions surrounding him? Not to d- totally diverge. No, that I would investigate. Um, so there is, uh, of course, a Rogan episode uh, where they have Bob Lazar on. He's a gentleman who purports to have worked on flying saucers and trying to uh, reverse engineer them. And okay. it's an interesting story. <laughs> there is a documentary on Netflix called uh, Bob Lazar Area 51 and Flying Saucers, which is n- not my favorite thing. It's very – it's a bit too self-absorbed uh, for something that's narrated by – oh, no. I will have lost it. Uh, Mickey oh, Rourke. No. Mickey Rourke oh. narrates it. And oh, wow. It's, it's very ham-fisted like, what if we're not alone in the universe? What if I can't find my ball sack after I smoke two joints? What the fuck are we doing here? And what if we're being watched by people who saw us take a shit last week? You're like, I don't care about this is not profound what you're saying. You're just also that was someone... close, closer to Josh Brolin. I'll give you Josh Brolin in a second. Fun, uh, fun fact about Mickey Rourke. He actually was the main character in a video game that came out, I think, for the PlayStation 2 era uh, where he uh, played a... American commando sneaking into, I believe, North Korea uh, to kill North Koreans. I want my family back. I will find the title of that and put it in the show notes because I watched, um, I think it it was some British guy, I think uh, the YouTube channel is called Cynical Streams, but he played it. It's a shit game. Um, But like every kill he does, he's like, take that motherfucker and just stuff like that. Okay. And And if you could just find the clips of him saying that, the ISO clips of take that motherfucker and then just like do spam calls to people. (laughs) <laughs> like crank, cranky anchors with a, a Mickey Rourke soundboard from that oh, game. Oh God! I would love to do that. That would be absolutely great. That I would mean, be a new Sin City, my friend. Oh mm. yeah. But um, sorry, I, that was an aside. I just like okay. Mickey but, Rourke. Uh, I 
it just popped into my head that that video game because it's so shit. <laughs> Long story short, too late of other things that you need to watch, Mister Physicist. Uh, the uh, the just listen to the the Lazar podcast to get a feel for his discussion because it's they basically his claim is the government has just deleted his identity. And yeah, because I don't know removed. who he is. It, if, well, ha 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 ha. So uh, you you will probably find it fascinating. But it, I went down a major rabbit hole on Halloween uh, last year, uh, where they uh, subsequently interviewed Commander David Fravor as well, who is a pilot who was in a plane that filmed uh, a you know unidentified flying object, uh, or they have another name for them now. I'm forgetting it off the top of my head, but UTIs. There um, you are. A urinary tract infection. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I can actually. Um, I actually might try and give it a listen because I Do. I bought um, wireless headphones. I was like, why are you showing us your dog collar for your girlfriend? That's uh, actually I wear that. Um, Ooh, but I got wireless spicy. headphones for <laughs> for work, so <laughs> I don't have to listen to other people talk. Um, so I can listen to that podcast, that specific one. Yeah, those uh, two are really well done, and I I was sufficiently intrigued by them to actually listen to them. and they're you know podcasts of ours so you'll lose a little time anyway sorry not to devolve but no that that was that was it uh i just want to talk about fascinating points in history because mm. as we mentioned probably what 30 minutes ago history is uh, i i consider myself a history buff to the point where i was asked in high school how come i wasn't like majoring in that and my response was uh, i'd like to make some money not no money because coming from Arizona, mm. and yeah. speaking of Arizona, I did check we are ranked third to worst. Yes, so I, I guess saw I in the notes way. for last week, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't want to be a history teacher, and there was no way, there was nothing else. I was like, if I majored in history, what else could I do? History teacher. And I like You'd be making a substitute least... teacher for differently abled children. No. Um, <laughs> uh, teaching, not something I want to not make money for. Um, ah. which is why I'm going with the professor route because at least I can get paid. And I also do like doing research, even if it's something that I'm not particularly knowledgeable or not knowledgeable. Uh, I don't really Got care him. too much about it, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so the, the two talking points that I actually wanted to bring up, um, have either of you heard of a game called, uh, layers of fear? Becky has played that game, and I in the bedroom with John on any number uh, of occasions. We we just—it's a lot of fear there. He wouldn't put a playground next to a sewer system, if you know what I'm saying. There, That's what we call uh, there, our... <laughs> John describes his sex life as a seven-layer dip. So it's beans all the way down. Um, Mostly but guacamole, but it's cats all the way up, baby. That's why he's Papa Guac. So. <laughs> Oh, I was playing. I was playing online earlier. I've been dipping my toe, and I've told Shane this already. Uh, but I've been getting into Call of Duty's like kind of like PUBG kind of thing. You know the the battle royale. Thug life. Um, and when <laughs> so my brother, my brother and I were linked up, and it's a teams of three. So this random third comes in, and he's reading off our gamer tags. But instead of saying my entire uh, tag, he just goes Papa, and I go. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Papa, can you hear me? And this is the first time since changing my handle over to Papa Guac that someone's actually said some of it out loud, and I felt immediately validated. Where I was like, "This is the best handle I've ever had in my entire life." Because the shorthand, instead of people saying Papa Guac, is like, "Hey, Papa, go do this," and it's like, "Yeah, bitch." <laughs> um, 
So for Shane, um, Layers of Fear is it's a kind of almost like a psychological horror game of sorts, uh, where like because I'm playing through the second one, but it reminds it reminds me a lot of the first one where you are an artist, essentially like kind of a washed out artist. Um, that is returning to his, go on (laughs) (laughs) where you return back to your house after years of neglect, uh, to try and do one last painting. Oh, but I've neglected the house, not myself. I see. Okay. Oh no, you've neglected yourself. You also are hallucinating and losing. You've essentially already lost your mind, but it becomes a lot more progressed the more you go through to where you'll um, enter in a room, you'll turn around, and the door you came through is gone, and things start changing on you as you're like turning around. It's it's a it's a very good bump, uh, mind fuck, a okay. good trip. I'll fuck your um, mind. I I mean, but, I play this game every time I leave from recording this podcast. <laughs> where am I? What year is it? Hello. Um, <laughs> Why is there no one here? I, the last I man love on Earth? that Wayne has infiltrated the podcast in my life and mm. now yours. Do you guys? Well, do God you, um, knows you say that enough, my friend. So sorry, Michael, not to to cut you off. Sorry, it's okay. I'm used to it. Um, uh, but it really, I I I really enjoyed that game because it it definitely like the idea of what is real, what isn't real like genuinely uh terrifies me Mm. it's one of the reasons like i'm all for people doing shrooms and hallucinogens Mm, and all that other stuff but i don't want to ever do it have we talked about this before i don't know know, i'm gonna stop asking that because we're gonna get to enough episodes where it's really not gonna matter Mm -hmm. um (laughs) i i mean yeah especially like unless you're unless you're binging it like and you're sitting down listening to like all what is this 37 Mm -hmm. um in a row in a row in a row yeah yeah uh, but um michael i think you and i have the same same mindset on this where i don't want to know that side of my brain like oh yeah yeah like because i know there's plenty of people in my the pizza job that frequently come in stone. I mean, there's one coworker, like literally my, one of my managers walked up to me when she, when the other person was starting a shift and he's like, you can hear her snorting the Coke in the bathroom. Mm. And literally sure enough, I walked up and I heard, and she could just take it a step further and go, God, this is good Coke that I'm doing at my job. (laughs) I mean, everyone else knows that. Like, but like I, and I've told people that have come in stone that have come in drunk that have chronic, crossfaded like i have one rule like as long as you're functioning i don't care what you're on <laughs> sorry like just function I have one why, rule. Did, why did you have to say crossfade because now john and i are both in the background like, what meant to say? oh no my oh. mine was like whenever someone says i have one rule it's like what is your one rule and most of the, like my mind is fucked up so it goes to you can't come in me and you can't kiss me <laughs> on the mouth and you can't fall in love with me those are three rules john i'm sorry no they're they're one rule to crack addicts and now i'm gonna fall back on the joker of that's the rule you're gonna have to break to beat me <laughs> well but, um, greg was the first person to come in my mouth so he's promoted <laughs> Oh, jeez. That's actually uh, one of the – that was one of the reasons why prior management oh, had to sell the store. Uh, there was a coworker that was exposing himself to people. Um, but this was before my time. Kevin? Mm. Uh, you, you can ask my, my roommate because he, he was working there at the time. All right. But anyway, um, 
essentially like how hungry I, was howie that's, that's what we need to know very hungry mm. Mm. um but like i've been asked by at least several people uh at work one of them especially is like hey do you want to do shrooms and i'm like nah i have a tenuous grasp a grasp on reality i don't need that slipping any further so i'm good i don't need hallucinogens like I, it's just not my thing. Like, do them all you want. And I I know that there's, like, people have said, and I've seen, like, research done on, like, LSD and how, like, it can definitely help, like, giving LSD to, like, stage four terminal, like, patients, like, get a, a cancer patient, patients, like, they become a lot more comfortable with death and stuff like that. Like, that's cool. Mm. It's just not for me. There's a lot of folks that talk about that with, like, DMT trips as well. And, uh... I, what's funny, I'm not terrified by those things as much as I don't take drugs at all, but that's well, just... Yeah, that, I mean, it's a different reason. Like, you just don't take drugs because... Well, it's, well, it's yeah, funny you that you bring that up. Because I was going to have Shane, if he's comfortable doing so, explain yeah, yeah, why. Uh, you've said it before. I've heard you say it multiple times in similar phrasings on why mm. you don't imbibe, where it's something to the effect of you saying that, you know, you're already... It's kind of what, he, like, Michael's saying, like, he already has a tenuous grasp. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Where, where, like, where it's the same reason why I don't smoke. Like, I have an addictive personality. I don't need to, I already have one vice that I abuse heavily. I don't, I don't need any more. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no, same thing. Is, uh, I have always said, one, I have, there's a familial history of addiction with my family, and most of the alcoholics in the family are not happy drunks. That some of the more miserable individuals in this, I do have a tendency to be very dedicated to chasing things if I enjoy them. I have a severely addictive personality and I'm a little obsessive compulsive. So it's why you're masturbating right now, right? Exactly. There are enough beasts that are on chains in my brain right now. I don't need to release those to the world. It doesn't mean I'm not confronting them. So like a, a DMT or some sort of psychotropic trip, I wouldn't mind because again, that's mostly just exploring my own landscape and i've i've been in my head for the entirety of my life i know what goes on in there so i i don't tend to run from those things i embrace a lot of that which i tend to be heavily introspective and think about a lot of those things the reason i read manuals on serial killers because you start going like okay well let's see how far off the beaten path someone actually has to get in order to get to these really dark places because you know we all have odd aberrant thoughts from time to time as evidenced by 37 episodes of this podcast yeah so <laughs> that's but that's the primary the reason i don't is just i know having you know a bunch of irish alcoholics in my family tree i would drink myself to death if i had the opportunity without provocation yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't call that as running away from the problem. That's like you're acknowledging that like that can be an issue, right. and it's better to not even test it. Yep, like it it makes complete sense to me. Like that is probably like one of the best reasons I've ever heard well, for not wanting to abstaining do a is thing. the solution in that case. Yeah, well, yeah. but also I'm not the most effervescent person to be around at all times. Anyway, when I get caustic, I can be really difficult to deal with, and John can speak to this from many instances. <laughs> I if I get stressed, immediately I can, have. I can imagine have the closest example in my head okay give it so but yeah so i don't need to have something that adds fuel to that particular fire i'm already hard enough to deal with so if i then felt a little more limber about explaining my personal perspective on things it'd be bad so you take yeah. so and i agree with you on that shane it would be it's like pouring gas on a fire yeah you know so 
and, and not to you or know not to be too hyper on yeah not, not to be too hyperbolic <laughs> but the immediate example that i have is uh we played a holiday show Mm. And there weren't, so it's. <laughs> are you shaking your head? Are Shane, you good? For, are you good for this? Oh, please, yes. Okay. Go ahead, uh, dude. I am not Sam, where like I get upset about those things. Like, trust me, if you point out areas where I was a complete asshole, I can give you seven more stories that so, I was worse. So, so, so. The, so the thing uh, that I agree with you, Shane, is that sometimes the triggers aren't apparent. Right. So, like, everyone, like, we can all, like, the group think collective. We can all be like, things are going really well. And then I turn to my left, and I think once you've known somebody for a long enough time, you can start reading their, their you know, body language and mm-hmm. especially just their face. So I turned to Shane after we'd load, loaded in for this holiday show, and he looked almost as mad as, like, the time that a woman slapped him in a bar. <laughs> for no reason, not because he's being a pig or anything, but just because he hadn't watched Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, no, you can tell me that story another time. Okay. <laughs> anyway, and, continue. <laughs> and with Shane, I was like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" And he was like, "No, no, no, no nothing, no, no, no." And it, it's just how we we deal with our own stress. And I know what Shane was doing. And Shane later said it himself. He's like, "Yeah, like I didn't really feel like talking about it at the time. Like everyone else is in a good mood. Like let's just push on." But can you imagine that situation, Shane? But you're buzzed. It would like I I can't. You know? There would be no living with me. Like in all honesty, I tend to be so transparent at the best of times. Anyway, and that's not that's not like you know trying to shit on you. That's just right. It's, no, it's, it's a dig. I no, trust me. I know the trappings of my personality. I have a very big personality. And it's so. because you've spent enough time introspectively. You know, yep. and it's because you're not diluting it and you're you're looking full into it. My my issue with myself is and the reason that I don't want to do shrooms or the DMT side of things is because I haven't spent that amount of time and because I have it in my head that the moment I do that, then all of a sudden I'm gonna be Vince Vaughn in the cell and I'm gonna be getting <laughs> my intestines fucking sucked out of me. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, which Michael, if you like layers of fear, you should watch the cell also. Um, and then to, to get back to Layers of Fear, um, the reason that was in my head recently is because I was playing Evil Within 2, which I... Ooh, which I definitely want to play both of those games. I haven't played it, but I watched another uh, person play them on Becky's, YouTube. Becky saw bits and pieces of my gameplay of Evil Within 2, and multiple times she's like, this reminds me of Layers of Fear, just more action-y. Uh, I mean, because it's in a person's brain, yeah. like both Recommend, games are set there. Recommendation: so, like, Don't play the first one because the mechanics are so clunky; it's cancer. And I would recommend, <laughs> I would recommend personally, like just watching like a what I need to know before playing Evil Within Two. And honestly, there, there's not much. You can be a newcomer to the series and start with two and be fine. Yeah, I think they do a lot of backstory at the very. They beginning. they do, and then they integrate it throughout the story because there's some open yeah. areas. But anyway, Shane, you're a lovely but, human. For the most part. Uh, God yes, bless you yes. for saying I, so. I appreciate your transparency. And then I also appreciate like that you have a filter that you understand. Like, I'm not going to talk about this right now. I'm upset, but I'm, I don't want to bring down other people. I'll talk about it later. Like, that's something that not a lot of people get or do. There, are, but... I find it's just you have the ability to manage situations better when you are damage controlling yourself. 
And I trust me, if you Agreed. had seen me uh, and we've made light illusions, but I had uh, previous relationships uh, with bandmates and other circumstances where I was not able to get a handle on this as readily. And I, those were some of the most excruciating experiences of my life of just like riding a roller coaster with another human being and not necessarily. So this is where I learned to put a lot of those filters in place of just realizing sometimes you need to navigate yourself out of your own labyrinth and leave the Minotaur alone for a while. And you don't have to drag it out and parade it in front of everybody and be like, hey, look at this. I have a problem. <laughs> all of my like all of my little idiosyncratic things and my inadequacies are starting to show through my face again i've had three drinks ha 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 so, oh man yeah yes yeah you could just save that for your tumblr or your twitter you know like a lot of people i, I know saved the, the breakdowns for when i'm alone <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like a good um, rational human being should. i was gonna i was gonna say like an irish catholic would or an ex ex Catholic Irish men would do. Yeah, uh, you, you uh, just bottle it up, bottle it up, and you let it explode mm. once you've had uh, had too much, or, or uh, once she's you know gotten you to a sufficient amount of arousal, and then all over the face, neck, and chest. Yes, exactly. Well, gentlemen, From six feet away. I believe I have a, a nice little uh, hypothetical for us to go out on. If uh, there's okay. nothing else for us, Michael, did you have anything else that you wanted to? Include? I wanted to ask a question, oh, but it. I like that. No, no, I like the question. Uh, the the topic that we had. I was just going to ask about like scary movie genres, but like I like the conversation mm-hmm. that we had better. Well, I virtually recommended a horror movie for you, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's it's already been hashed out. We, don't we have also talked about like the things that we love. Uh, speaking of another career that I think I would really relish having, I would podcast all the live long day if I actually if we had enough of a modicum of uh, exposure and popularity that people would actually care. Because the things that we love, we can get so bizarrely deep on. For instance, I had another podcast idea that um, before we got this started, I was planning on actually executing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is still a possibility, and I've thought about Ooh. it now that I've got the setup. It's called, I'm tenting now. It's called uh, Green Rumors. It, trademark for those who are running but because uh, <laughs> fuck you <laughs> and my name uh, rumor as the Fleetwood Mac rumors kind of title of getting other musicians to talk about the life experiences you have of playing shows and going out in the weirdest sort of circumstances you find yourself in mm. and because you can if you get a musician talking for more than five minutes I can guarantee you they will tell you about the strangest experiences they've had with dealing with a plethora of human emotions both their own and those that you run into so that's always Shoot. a fun thing. But like uh speaking of horror, John and I basically the podcasts we recorded previously on Beyond Hyperbole were basically us just talking about metal music and horror films for at least three and a half to four hours. So oh, yeah. with little provocation, he and I will foam at the mouth for a long time about horror films. I get really jealous with the high concept podcasts that are already out there and doing well that are essentially that mm-hmm. and like just pop culture, but like deep culture where there is so much to dive into on. Like if you just look at horror movies in general, where there are genre subgenre and offshoots where you could do like to your point Shane, just serious dives mm. where you're not coming up for air for probably a couple hours or you know f- five episodes on one movie and the lore surrounding it you know just 
there's some crazy shit out there. So I, I agree with you on that too. Uh, that's so it's so much fun to be able to like chat with like-minded people or even people that have similar like deferring opinions but an interest on the topic. Um, yeah, because so. debate is fun as long as everyone understands the rules of the debate and turns it and keeps it as a debate, right. not a yelling match. Yeah, yeah and and not bringing uh, personal things in yeah. with you, where mm-hmm. it's like, well, of course you would wouldn't like that. You're a Mormon. <laughs> yeah, like, and I think I've mentioned it before. This is just a quick aside. Like, I don't talk politics like at all. Mm-hmm. Like. I would probably be I, – I would think that a majority of the people that I even went to college with, like, that I marched with, didn't know my political, religious affiliations, like, none of that. Um, because I – unless people ask me, I don't care enough to talk about it. Like, it's my own thing. It's my own belief. But, like, um, there's only one person that I actually will have any sort of political discourse with, and it's actually the the owner of the, the Hungry Howies. Um, and it's only, like, very, very brief things, like, because he knows that I – uh, supported bernie and he would just come up and be like hey man what how about your man bernie like how's he going and for the longest time i thought he was republican because he makes a lot of money mm-hmm. so i that was literally my only reason why i assumed that uh and then i actually asked him like after we had the brief conversation a couple episodes uh, episodes ago i'm like what is your political alignment he's like ah it's actually independent i'm like ah shit but like we both just actually just mention stuff that we've heard we don't like actually talk about like you know well, what's your opinion on this like and i think that's why i enjoy talking to him about it because like we don't get heated it's like mentioned offhandedly like hey how about this oh that was an interesting thing that happened and like oh i didn't hear about it or yeah i heard about it that yeah like sorry that was i no, no, started no, no. ranting there rambling there but <laughs> we like, we hit a lot of the same sort of rhythms with we were talking about how we have occasionally gotten political on here and it's not saying we are espousing a political belief or a body politic we are mostly pointing out the fact that you know the president in many instances is like a hatchet wielding madman at a dinner party it's difficult in the realm of politics as it was previously played he has managed to just buck the entire system and so it's more of the spectacle of that that we tend to comment on more than pointing out any real political leanings that we've got so yeah Mm -hmm. it's always nice to but you know we're trying not to alienate people here unless you're squeamish about pornography and uh, human decency and (laughs) unfortunately but you wouldn't have made it this far (laughs) anyway (laughs) all right are you You would uh, probably turn it off on episode two or five minutes into episode yeah yeah episode two no, we two. already got to Uncle oh yeah Tachi. actually i was just yeah i was just throwing out a random number no, but two, yeah we that were actually already there yeah <laughs> all right gentlemen are you ready for this interesting hyper hypothetical yes please yeah throw it at me i have not uh read this again i i was looking at uh, bits and pieces of it as we were going so we'll all be on this ride together i don't know what, how this is going to play out so All right, this is apropos of the fact that we all uh, admit that we are, you know, sort of like a filmic folk. You are given the opportunity to create and direct a feature film. The studio offers you a huge budget, provides you with top-notch writing and technical staff, and allows you to cast whomever you desire in the lead roles. There are essentially no limitations on what this movie can be, except for two. The movie you make has to fulfill the following two criteria. Shit. It has to be extremely edgy and transgressive. You need to confront taboo social issues. You need to shock people. 
Ideally, the film will address ideas that have never been tackled by mainstream filmmakers. In fact, if this movie is not the most controversial film of the year, the studio will not release it. However, oh, I, I have heard of this hypothetical before. It has to get a PG rating. It cannot be R or even PG-13. There may be limited profanity, minor depictions of violence, and fleeting nudity, but nothing that would prompt the ratings board to go beyond a PG classification. So, what is the premise and plot of your hypothetical or hypothetical movie? I got it. Now, I've got, uh, there are 27 titles that they have listed here. Now, I imagine I'm going to allow everybody a little latitude here so we can dive in and out of things because uh, I imagine, based on our conversation previously, John would want to call the film Tit Cup. Nope. uh, (laughs) Nope. I I, I have it already. Um, uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll make you delay for five seconds. I'm going to read off uh, there. These are the titles. Shock the people nicely. Prison culture. Vampire weekend. Artistic telekinesis. The industry standard. The dream VCR. A life in film. Shaquille in the shower. rudimentary magician forever 75 (laughs) canadian football future synesthesia collarbone and chains the unknown companion worldwide perfection lost virginity redux the nude acquaintance the moon fight the countdown the price of sex appeal Body versus Mind, Euphoria Forever, The Cannibal's Quandary, The Freewheeling Architect, The Mind Killer, Super Gorilla, or The Tumor. Those are the ones listed. So my film's name would either be A Life on Film or Mind Killer. Okay. Uh, Now I will ask for your explanation of what those plots are uh, after I get Michael's. Uh, I do want to note that when you said Shaq in the shower, I honestly could picture that as like a 90s movie that like starring Shaquille Mm O'Neal because he was making like weird movies like uh, Shazam. I can't remember if it's Kazam or Shazam. Kazam. Uh, Kazam. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But like that uh, was the first thing that popped into my head. Um, But... I actually, this was perfectly timed because I just watched, there's a, there's a great YouTuber that I watch that I actually, uh, subscri- uh, I donate to his Patreon. Mm-hmm. He's this like British, uh, British chap named, uh, Philosophy Tube. And, uh, he actually did an episode, uh, that he called, uh, Beauty in an Ugly World. Uh, and essentially he talked about, uh, it's a Russian name, Vladimir Nok- Nalikovs? Nabokov. I believe, um, uh, you already know yes. Lolita, uh, Lolita mm-hmm. and Ada, Arda, Ada. Um, it's another one of his Bless books. Um, yes. So I wouldn't mind trying to make a PG. Uh, you said it was PG, right? PG. A PG version of either Lolita, which do you know what Lolita is, John? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Because I was going to say, do you know, you probably know what a lolly is, which is derived from Lolita. Um, Ada or Arda or however the fuck I can't remember. It was kind of the same idea. It was a hypersexualized book, which you can make it as suggestive as possible while still maintaining a PG rating. You just don't show the sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
the forbiddenness of it was actually because they were from Alabama. Well, they weren't from Roll Alabama. Tide. They were brother and sister. Yeah, exactly. Roll Tide. Uh, which when they when he said that, I was like, ah, Roll Tide. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So okay. either of those would be really fascinating to do. Um, another one that I would at least try. I and find would some like to take doing. a five second reprieve here and say I just wanted the title you chose. You silly oh! fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like I was waiting um, for John. You know, I primed to just give me your title. Yeah. Then we'll get the explanation. But you oh, just also, steamrolled over John. Can we do a? Go ahead. I have to pee so bad. Do it. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. That's fine. Um. Uh, because he didn't clap he like made the motion that he was gonna clap well if that's the case then i'm gonna go grab a beer all right have at it because i'll be i'll get some water yeah just uh steamrolling over the the fact that you know he wanted to get into a a taboo of underage young ladies go figure hmm Hmm. anywho Um, so michael will take a, a bit reprieve again and we'll get back to so john Tell me why you want to do the Mind Killer or Life on Film? Uh, a Life in Film. A Life in Film. Okay, so I've had this idea for a while now, but we're going to amend it to this hypothetical. Okay. So it's a group of friends, and they're they're in a car, like on a, on a road trip, like let's say like in Arizona, like a desert road. You know, it's two lane blacktop, and you don't know this at the start of the film, but they've all died. So it's kind of like Lost. Uh, <laughs> they've all died and so each of them go to their spoilers own spoilers for lost yeah. by yeah. the way <laughs> <laughs> so they all die and every each one of them let's say it's four people they all wake up in a different room um but there's no it's a room but there's there's no door it's like it's a spherical thing and it's all imbued by a color mm. um and it essentially it's playing on the now very common of like they are going to relive like if they lived a good life they're going to relive relive the best moments that they've had, like a, a your best of greatest hits. Mm. However, if they lived a bad life, they have to re-experience all those. It's like Preacher. I hadn't seen Preacher. So I've, I've had this idea for like it's in my head for like ten years, but and then Preacher did it as their idea of hell. So uh, purgatory, basically, essentially. So I mean, how how could we make this controversial but PG? Um, let's say. Well, I mean, if you're showing the most like sort of repellent instances of someone's life that made them go to hell, I would say you've you've done a pretty good job of at least establishing there's a plent, you know, plethora yeah, but, of things to pull from. But let, let's pull that open just a little bit, just see what that looks like in a PG context. So let's say the main person who is you know having to relive uh, his worst moments. What if he was into pica? You know, what if, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in PG movies, you could see somebody eat something and just imply that he's just in, you know, just wanting to eat everybody's shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just would be snarfing be, down buckets, yeah. That'd be controversial, you know. He's getting, he's getting poop, he's getting poop sick. Maybe they're on the, uh, the cross-country road trip to get him to a specialist doctor to help cure now, him from his poop sickness. Would it help if we actually <laughs> establish what the MPAA guidelines are for rating? No, because <laughs> I think you know that that might be important. There's no cussing. You never actually see him eat shit. Although if I could go to a PG-13 rating, I would have him have like a poop stash, like from eating his own shit. Oh lord. Okay. All right. Well, that's it's interesting. Shame. Well, I I would say. I think I could manage to pull either uh, the industry standard. 
<laughs> or a life in film. I could I could go with either one of those. Okay. Prison culture would be a layup for me, <laughs> I think. Layup. But uh, I think we'll we'll leave that one alone. Though I'm I would really be interested in pursuing the countdown. So no, all right, no, uh, just I've, thrown, I've thrown some of those out. So we'll 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 run. All right, Michael, continue your raving and jabbering. Uh, no, I I actually like thought up something a little bit better. Um, but those like if I had to just come up with something off the top of my head, like I just did, I would choose like one of those. Like I can imagine, like especially for Lolita, um, coming at it with a very coming at subdued it? or on it, huh? Coming at it, eh? Yeah. No, all right. We're not it. doing phrases um, anymore. Apparently not. No. <laughs> That's how you get ants. Um, but. It would be something where it would definitely be suggestive because you could definitely um, word do use double entendres really, really well. You could probably si- like slip that in very easily. Uh, <laughs> you are fucking this up. <laughs> whatever. But like, I I believe that it, you could take something that is controversial as Lolita and turn it into something that's PG, where it would only be the implications that would be very controversial. But, um. I actually did get an idea while I was listening to John mm. talk. Um, it would be stylized. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't have a title off the top of my head, but it would be kind of like what he was talking about, where it would be set. Oh, let's say in the 1930s. Okay, uh, it's a road trip. Okay, so these uh, three or four, you know, outstanding gentlemen. Um, they are going on a quest of sorts. You can, you can style it after like Harold and Kumar, make it a comedy, you know, that sort of thing. Um, they get into some zany, zany adventures. Uh, and the twist is they're going to a specific rally that's set in Germany around those times, uh, where they just, you like, that's the twist. Like the last five minutes of the movie, you find that they're going to a Nazi rally. Oh, like, all right. That would be very, I mean, of course, like, you, especially with how um, spoiler culture is nowadays, where it's like, that would that would be the twist, where if you didn't, like, the the whole idea of the movie would be substantially changed if you understood that twist. It's kind of... How would people adapt to that? Because, like, you couldn't talk about the controversy of it without spoiling the whole film, because it would be coming off as a comedy. Like, it, it would literally not be sold as anything... To that extent. Now it's not a comedy, but right? that reminds me of a movie, um, and not in the same, obviously not in the same way. You guys remember yeah, a movie yeah, called yeah. "Remember Me" with Robert Pattinson? Yes, I don't remember oh. seeing it, but I remember the conceit. Can I spoil this movie for you? Oh, please go ahead. Yeah. Do okay, it. so it's a uh, it's a drama, like a romance drama movie, and Robert Pattinson's character is you know going through personal growth throughout it. He's probably in his early twenties, maybe mid twenties throughout it, if I remember correctly. And yeah, because I think it was right after Twilight, um, Harry Potter, right? Or, uh, or Harry Twilight. Potter and Twilight. Okay. He's yeah. in Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it it won. He was amazing in that movie. I would, I would actually, I'll probably end up rewatching it. But the plot twist of the movie is that the final scene, like he's going to visit his dad, and it's play, it's set in New York, and he's going to visit his dad, uh, where his dad works, and it turns out that his dad works in one of the twin towers, and it ends on September 11th, after he's gone Ooh. through all of this personal growth from being a piece of shit to being a slightly less piece of shit. And he's going up to like forgive his father and his father works at like one of the top stories 
of the uh, the you know of the World Trade Center. Okay, and that's how the movie ends. Is like because the you realize throughout the entire movie that they never show you anything to indicate what period of time you're in. All right. Uh, so it's like one of the, you're like by the time you get to like that plot twist in general you're like fucking hell and you can't talk about it to anybody else who hadn't seen it especially like when it came out without mm. giving it all away right and you don't want to pull that band-aid no because it's, it's yeah. worth kind of like journeying through um yeah i, I actually i'm not going to recommend it but if it piques your curiosity watch it and tell me if, it, if it's good still or not well what's funny is it also kind of like it reminds me of the the closest i got to being suicidal in my life was i watched the butterfly effect oh goodness and i watched the director's cut without knowing so they the film that i got from blockbuster had both so it was like a dual-sided disc and it had the director's cut and the feature and the director's cut spoilers for those who have not encountered is he is so sort of disgusted by his life that he decides he would be better off having never existed at all and he strangles himself with the umbilical cord in utero wait that's the director's yes cut? Oh, I guess I saw that so one. So that is, yeah. and that is not how the film ends uh, at all in in the theatrical. And that is the most depressing, disgusting thing I had ever seen. Or I was like, that's deplorable that you would put that on film. Uh, you know, it's like I understand having a down moment, but to honestly believe and then embrace that notion enough to say, like, yeah, this person would be better off having never existed at all, and let's just erase them from existence. It was really touchy for me in, like, my early 20s. It was not a good Oh, yeah, look. I bet. Shit. Um, well, uh, Shane, I guess it's, it's up to you now to carry us home. All right. Well, I think the closest I can come, <laughs> pun intended, is uh, since we want to have something that's shocking and, and we're confronting taboo social issues... I think if we want to strike while the uh, iron is hot here, the first thing I thought of for the countdown is someone who is going in for gender reassignment surgery. I'm giving you the the loop up front. Ooh. Oh, because that's be controversial. And... Yes. So yeah. I you address the you know the idea of sexuality and how one identifies and showing them interacting, and we don't have to be lurid, but it also can show someone looking at their body. And I thought about this relative to what you were talking about earlier and the way we started this glorious little podcast of someone putting on breast cups and doing things where we're not going to be overly <laughs> lurid with the connotation but we're not going to give you any context of what's happening it's just the film's called the countdown and you walk in showing someone placing these things on their body and sucking themselves into this bizarre consorted state and you're like what is happening and you basically just watch someone go throughout their day-to-day -day existence as they're prepping for this surgery and we we won't give it until you get to the point where you're finally walking in and you're like okay you're getting ready to get this thing chopped off of you now uh and it just watch what happens that would be something that would most certainly get a lot of uh chatter as far as being you know something that's okay. controversial and we don't have to get you know too ghastly with it because of course we got to keep it pg so that would again this is the reason why i thought the rating scale is something we'd have to take into account because the num the amount of nudity that we can get away with the amount of showing because if you also loop in somebody who's like obese and make us deal with body issues of looking at someone who is morbidly obese and staring at someone. I mean, we have this revulsion with someone who I have to look at it daily, you know, stare at someone who's extremely overweight and how to deal with that. Because, I mean, look at something like my 600 pound life. 
you know, that's a difficult visual to wrap your head around, uh, in right, particular right. someone who's incredibly overweight. Like there are a lot of things. I mean, think of how big precious was as a film, uh, just from, you know, oh, theoretically yeah, speaking. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think you could get away with that. But, uh, that the first thing when I saw the countdown, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a definite, I could get away with that. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot because so like you can, you can really explore with it because, um, like the the only reason why it would be super controversial is is because it's a societal mm-hmm. thing. It's it's not you're not showing gore, right. you're not showing like nudity or, or, or sex or anything. It's literally just a societal yep. rejection of it. And you could even go so far as to like hire or, or um, get an actor or actress that is currently in the process of transitioning, so that you can make it a lot more real well, instead of just having. I mean, like that. Well, I but but but, but yeah. stylize it that way so that it can even feel like like keep it like more secretive, so it's not like coming out in the open until like the very right. end. Because well, here's you the could thing: also do that. You can slow burn it, and the reason being that yeah. I, I put it out here is is going. You're not just saying it up front. Is have them go and have sexual interactions with both genders. And you can start off with a heteronormative sort of experience initially and have it just be painfully awkward. And you're going, okay, well, this person's just socially awkward. And then, you know, you then flash forward to them having a homosexual encounter and watch it be something that you can, you know, so it's passionate and comfortable. And but that's a taboo for a lot of people. And they're not going to be if we've seen anything from watching shows like Game of Thrones, people get really incensed when you depict two individuals of the same gender being intimate with one another. And you don't have to be lurid or show any of the, the graphic nature of it, but just put that on screen and make people come to terms with, yeah. There's a couple of men kissing. Yeah, yeah. All you need is a makeout. Yeah, like, yep. like, and people would be incensed. So like, it's it's an interesting way to kind of tease, and you could still operate within the mores of keeping it safe for film, but you could get away with doing an awful lot to you know get people worked up. So, John, you were giving a summation, and uh, we we trampled all over you. Oh with no, 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 no! You were saying there's a recap. So we have. So yeah, so we have uh, gender reassignment under the. Uh, operating title of the countdown we have a uh, glass boat essentially uh, uh, yes. we have, uh, a life in film a life in film of someone having to watch themselves suffocate themselves with their with eating poop and then we have michael uh wanting to be a sexual deviant you know what? The, what? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I'd rather go if I had to choose one. I would rather do the the last. Oh one, yeah, Michael's a Nazi. Nazis, but I don't right. know what title that would fall. Michael's under. a Nazi. Yeah, you can call it uh, artistic telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or the uh, the unknown companion. Oh no, no, no! I've got it. Number fifteen was worldwide perfection, Ooh. which is exactly within the Nazi Ooh. the uh, socialist caveat there. John, I think the fun thing you could do for yours is just have a shot of the person's face. And so you're not getting into anything, you know, if we're talking about someone who's eating shit, but just have the accompanying soundtrack. Sorry, I nailed the boom mic. That's Shane's first slap. Uh, But have someone who's just sitting and doing, you know, since we're all looking at each other right now in the shot I'm thinking of, of like... Oh, look, looking like like they're constipated to try and put a description throw to your the, face for yes, the listeners. Throw in a, throw in a <laughs> squeaker so, or two. Yes, throw in a couple and then actually give like liquid diarrhea noise. And, you know, it's, you're doing full soundtrack. You're not actually doing anything other than suggesting this is someone who's having a bowel movement. And then all of a sudden you see them reach a hand in and come up with a handful and they're moving to put it into their mouth. And then you cut. 
Yeah. So you don't actually show yeah. them eating shit. You're just giving the impression that this is a person preparing and you've watched them have a bowel movement and a nasty, yeah. horrific shit and you're prepping for it as opposed to I mean, getting bad. As a personal philosophy, I do believe that your breakfast, lunch, and dinner should be private affairs. So yeah, that that, mm. that suits me as a director as my personal ideology. So Okay. Well, yeah, and then you can shitterbait on top of it. Mm. And how? Good uh, rationalization for not, for cutting. Cut back to the person <laughs> with a shit smattered face, and then just hear. Oh, or it could just be an all ASMR movie, just so that Michael kills himself after it. Yeah, that would be reasonable. Well, I think we've managed to shock the people nicely today, gentlemen. Uh, it's an interesting hypothetical. I liked that one particularly just because we were talking about film and uh, some taboo subjects earlier for what makes Shane yeah. uncomfortable. That works. So, uh, yep, I think we've uh, we've we've delved greedily and deeply today, like the dwarves in uh, you know the minds of Moria. And I hope that you have all enjoyed the deep dive with us on this listless and topicless episode. Since we've uh, watched our download numbers dwindle to a, a pretty respectable, you know, like 15 to 20 is where we're averaging out. So thank you, family and loved ones. We appreciate you dialing in. But we do this mostly to entertain ourselves, and we've done it very well thus far, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But hey, 15 to, 15 to 20, now. that's a good number. That's yeah, it's good enough for me. Yeah. And again, uh, it's free therapy for the three of us sitting here. So that's mostly what we're here. And uh, that's what I love about it. And that's what I love about you. Huh? Hello? I think he's talking Hello? to the, the listeners here. Yes. And, and the two of you for helping facilitate. So uh, we get to just in, enjoy our little flights of whimsy on a weekly basis. And I appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. I don't know how to accept how to how to take. Oh, a you know how to accept. Praise. I've seen it. Here, hold on. Let me take it out. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's not praise. Here, here comes. That's punishment. John's gonna get a handful of something in a second and slowly raise it to his a mouth. Thimbleful. Mm, <laughs> tastes like <well>. childhood. <laughs> Almonds. It tastes like that Fifth Avenue I ate last week. Uh, all right. Well, ladies and germaphobes, thank you, as always, for being here with us. We immensely appreciate it. And uh, if you dig what we do, please find us on your preferred podcast platform providers, and you can find us on the social networks and all those marvelous places that you know already because you've experienced that 800 times now with me saying it. But uh, I kid. Fine, I'll include it. Just... Yeah. All right. So you can find us on the social <laughs> networks at facebook.com slash disinformed podcast. You can find us on Instagram at disinformed podcast and on the Twitters at disinformed pod. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can find us all places that irreparable podcasts are hosted. And we hope that you enjoy. If you like what we do, please rate and review. Help us to be found by more than the 15 of you. And I think that is going to wrap it up in a nice burrito-like package. Mm-hmm. So for the Disinformed Poop Podcast, I'm Shane. I'm touching myself underneath the table. Uh. I'm John. And I've already touched myself. I'm John. Oh. And I'm Michael. For the glass-bottom boat ride that is the Disinformed Podcast. Thank you for coming, everybody. Don't worry, we are going to film it and release it on the countdown. And you'll float, too. You are not I! Tasty, tasty fear! <laughs>
I've been doing that to Melissa and that poor woman. 